0: here we go and a little yeah.
1: hey guys welcome to episode 98 of cmd towers bruise and builds i'm mr Commodore five and my fellow host has been presented the key to the city for his contributions <laughs> in nascar big tuck
0: i'm fairly confident that that bit has already been used at least once but the card claps uh as is this is deck hello uh golem and Golemesses uh hashtag sweaty bit uh i am doing i'm here i'm really excited about this one it's been a while since i've been this excited to talk about one of my own decks um and well we got we'll get into the decks later but i'm also excited because i'm going to a charlotte sporting event tonight and it's even better because it's not nascar uh i'm going to the local Uh, but does it involve vehicles no uh i I, there is a go-kart place around here that i want to go to uh but no it's the charlotte knights uh the local baseball game but i'm what i'm really hoping to the minor league baseball team what i'm really hoping to do is continue my terrorization of making out with people in a parking lot because i'm going there <laughs> with a the lady so uh i'm continuing to be the parking lot smoocher the kissing bandit whatever whatever permutation of that name that you prefer uh trying to trying to keep it fresh and uh trying to keep it moving so i i don't really have that much to talk about this week um besides the fact that i just started a new my new job uh started last week and, and you're I, actually working i actually had to work like till four or five in the afternoon if you can believe that uh and i went i was like went on a jog and it was really really hot outside and i was like like oh, i gotta wrap this up to get back and finish this project because of this deadline i was like like i had like a mini panic attack because i was like who thinks like this it's like oh everyone <laughs> but i know normal people yeah right i know that you have a lot i'm so i came into this without very much prepared up front because i know you want to have your uh t squared time so actually t cubed which is your truck talk time so the floor is yours oh. go right ahead <laughs> it's just like
1: a new deck uh,
0: but but but
1: before I before I get into that though, funny thing you talking about like working and actually working until four or five. I saw this article on the uh, I f-ing love science like Facebook group. I love that group. It's just it's oh yeah so yeah. nerdy. Um, and there's a firm in the UK that has developed this Android dummy like thing that's life size, and it's supposed to show what office workers will look like in twenty years based on the current conditions that office workers have to work in. Okay. So like it was like a hunched back, uh oh, like yeah. red eyes from staring at computer screens all day, swollen wrists from repetitive movement. Uh there was like the the veiny leg oh, thing from like veins, lack of from blood. sitting, Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh lack of uh, you know circulation. And the thing looked hideous. It's kind of like Tuck, I don't know if you ever saw it, where someone did like this rendering of what humans would have to like structurally look like to survive a car crash. No, like, I'm not, if i not like I don't like this.
0: I don't like where this is going. <laughs>
1: Whoa, it was weird looking. I'll have to send it to you. It kind of looked like Peyton Manning a little bit. What? Uh, but <laughs> I'm kidding because he's like kind of fugly. Uh, so, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, big news. Obviously, posted in the Discord. I did buy a 2020 Ford Raptor. Uh, yes, that is a truck. Uh yes, I did put things in my truck bed and it was beer even. What? I know.
0: Wait, I know. Please told me it's was like, it like I... ice cold cuz this is coming out right before the 4th of July weekend. Was it like the ice cold an ice cold 30 rack and Natty Light?
1: No, no. It was it was uh you know, un- unfiltered wheat. Oh, uh, okay. A couple 20k 20, 20 packs. So Uh, Yeah, it's been fun, though, Uh, and the thing's pretty, like, tricked out already. It has some sort of suspension lift and 35-inch, like, off-road tires and, uh, you know, a throaty exhaust. And, of course, the Godfather took him for a spin around town in it, and he's like, so what else are you going to do to it? And it's like, well, what is there even left to do? And because he put that bug in my head, I spent three hours on the internet last night looking at upgrades I could do to the truck and i have gone down this rabbit hole oh, of all this money that could be spent I,
0: good lord yeah i i got the same thing when i got the forerunner um where and especially like i joined forerunner groups and it's been a nightmare where it's like oh i i $1000 for rock sliders $1000 yep. for this $1000 for this awning i'm going to go get right and like i keep wanting to be like there has to be something to do for $100 that's as cool as this but everything is super expensive um yep. but even more but even more the bigger frustration that I have is like, you have to, you have to plan this stuff out like eight weeks in advance because the supply mm-hmm. chain is so effed because everyone was like, oh, the pandemic, this is the time to put all this money into my car and go like overlanding and that sort of thing. So, <laughs> uh, I did see this yeah. pretty cool thing that you could do. Cause I know you claim that you're taking it camping is you can build yeah. this thing in the back. And then there's a tent that goes on top mm-hmm. of your truck bed. That looks pretty rad, but those are also like $1,200 minimum. Yeah, the the cheapest thing that I found that I can do
1: is for a thousand bucks, I could put a cold air in tank in the car. Uh, And then the second cheapest thing, and I actually think I may do this, it's like 1,700 to two grand. It basically upgrades my little five inch touchscreen LCD into a full 12 inch. It's almost like a Tesla one. And so I may do that because it it, it still works with all the factory stuff. So my backup camera and all my sensors and my climate control. Uh, so I'm not losing anything. I think the only thing I lose on one of them I was looking at, it doesn't support Apple CarPlay.
0: Ooh. And then the other
1: one says it does, but it's like I can't really get a good read on if it's a quality product or not. So I'm trying to figure that out because I will not lose Apple CarPlay for just the bigger screen. Yeah. But yeah, that's the low end. The upper end <laughs> tuck, have you ever heard of Hennessy uh, Motorsports? Uh, no. Okay. So you've heard of Shelby, though, and Roosh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Roush? Okay, so same type of thing. They do an upgrade on the Raptor called the Velociraptor. It upgrades it to a V8 over 700 horsepower. Zero to 60 in like three and a half seconds. Guess how much that bad boy costs? A lot. Five grand. A cool 70 grand. Oh,
0: Yeah, because you're pretty much getting a new car. It's like a brand new engine.
1: (laughs) So, uh, yes, that would be the uh, upper extreme. And guys, if you want to know more ways to support uh, Tuck's Forerunner and My Raptor Addictions and the rest of the content we put out, head over to our sponsor, level one They do sell all the uh, tabletop accessories you need for whether it be board games or card games, and they are great folks down in the Kansas City River Market area. If you would like to actually support us financially, though, so that way, like we did with Tuck, uh, we heard the feedback that his microphone sucked. Sorry, Tuck, never told you till now, live on air. Uh, <laughs> and people actually stopped listening, but hey, now you can That's come back. That's not true. He sounds like a... No, no, 100%. I had someone message me. They joined our patron community for the Discord access just to send me a message to say, hey, I quit listening six months ago because of how bad Tuck sounds." I checked back in and saw it was still bad. And so I was like, hey, hey, we j- literally just got him a whole new mic set up, so please so come g- back. Yes,
0: please come back in uh, two to three weeks.
1: Um. But you know we we do put all those funds to upgrading our equipment, and you can literally, like I said, just join for a dollar, just a trash on tuck and my DMs, all the way up to twenty five bucks, uh, where we give you a full play mat, hundred pack of mat sleeves, and our amazing monarch reminder tokens, and our coin. We do, though, also have a store. So if you need to pick up extra swag or maybe you don't want to be a part of our Patreon monthly community, but you still would like to get some of this, head over to cmdtower.com merch, redacted bit, get out of my basement. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, for our existing patrons, if you refer a friend, a friend of me, a colleague to our patron community, have them message us in Patreon. Let us know who referred them and we will send you some free tchotchke swag as well. But of course, the free way uh, that you can just, you know, support us is just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. Uh, redacted bit music. Uh, Squeebiegees, our uh, audio producer, uh, he is fantastic. He does all the work on Bruise and Builds and MTG Action 4 News. You can hit him up on Twitter at Squee or his preferred uh, method of contact. Uh, I think that is what they call the Pony Express. Correct. I don't know how that works. Because uh, he won't give out his address, maybe they can, maybe you can give somebody to the Pony Express, and they can go t- email him, and then therefore he will get your communication. Oh.
0: It's like in uh, it's like uh, if if in you, Borat <laughs> Two, where they like fax each other like a text message. I don't know if you saw the second Borat oh my, movie. No, definitely did not. What You're, you'll watch every Conjuring movie ever made, but you won't watch Borat Two because my fiance likes to watch uh-huh. him. Not my choice. You would like you would like uh,
1: it. All right. And then, of course, our amazing video editor, uh, at underscore Tcoats on Twitter. Uh, Tyler puts a lot of effort into these YouTube videos. We want to constantly improve them, so please uh, leave comments, anything down there, so then that way we know uh, how to make this better and make you want to watch more. So Brews and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the Path of 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us, and each month will be a new theme. We correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories.
0: The first one's ramp inside of your board state. We call that grain. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer, and they include both they include both base malts and specialty malts, using about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they usually a mix up staples and specialty. And then we have how does your board interact with all of your opponents we call that hops and hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors they grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish sing with subcategories like this delicious hop drop and roll ipa with some citra oh my God. amarilla centru- centennial warrior and chinook which uh has a piney taste to it uh brewed right here in noda my neighborhood in, in uh in charlotte if you guys hadn't figured out that's we where have- i live now then we have how does the deck actually close out or win games? We call that yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and proof out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content and carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck would meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then, of course, my favorite section, shenanigans. This can be pet card synergies
1: that are in the deck that are just kind of fun. We call that spice.
0: And uh, not every beer has them, and it's arguable that this deck has them either, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the stout that turns a jalapeno... Stout. It could be the pepper that turns the stout into jalapeno stout. I've said this so many times, and I still have to look it up every single time. Um, or the addition of honey that turns a wheat into a honey wheat. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we talk about it.
1: And then to wrap up the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be big and ice cuts and adds to the deck that are going to be under $5, under $50, and a no-budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana-only lands. So Without further ado, let's get brewing... Uh, This is pre-con month, so the whole month will be about pre-con decks that Tuck and I have upgraded. Because no one just plays a stock pre-con forever. And today, we have, courtesy of Big Tuck, AAA. The Alibu Artifact Association, of course. Okay, I I like it. I like it a lot. I'm okay with that. (laughs) So, Big Tuck, why don't you read off what Alibu Ancient Witness does... And then kind of go into why you decided to build this Boros build.
0: Yeah, sure. So, um, Alibu Ancient Witness is a Boros legendary artifact creature golem. It's a mythic for somewhere in like the $2 range, maybe three. Uh, for three colorless, uh, red and white, you get a four, or five, uh, creature that states other artifact creatures you control have haste. And then whenever one or more artifact creatures you control attack, Alibu Ancient Witness deals X damage to any target and you scry X where X is the number of tapped artifacts you control. Um, no big secret here. I don't really like Boros. And honestly, there's not a whole lot of people that did before this set came out. Uh, I have tried some several- I mean there's the feather people. There's it, yes, you know. like the 1% of people, and you don't even like your feather deck anymore. I've never I haven't <laughs> well, seen I you know, play it forever. Uh but yeah, like I think Lore Hold, uh the pre-con that out of Strixhaven, uh, I think it really opened up the reins for some Boros decks. I had some interest in it. Um, Originally, I was going to do the Oscar, who's the face commander. But then on the uh, adult programming, not the child programming, uh, found over at Star City Games, I believe Jonathan Suarez played a build of this that looked pretty filthy. Uh, Also, for those keen-eyed listeners out there, or keen-eared, rather, this actually was foretold, if you will, the mechanic, by Mr. Combo, who said he thought I would like this, and I do. Um, the Oscar one just seems like it's kind of a little slower and more mid range This one really incentivizes attacking um unfortunately, in the times I have played it, it kind of turns into an arch enemy deck pretty quick because it's it powers out it, it it powers up really fast and it's not it's really easy to get like x to be ten almost the turn you cast alibu most of the time um which is kind of a feel bad but I, so far I playing it it's been really fun um obviously with the with the ramp package. And having uh, higher budgets and some pretty key cards I've, I've accumulated over the years, it's actually pretty powerful as well. So this has been one that I've, I've really tried to space out from playing as opposed to just played a bunch. But I think I played it three or four times, and every time it feels like it does something pretty explosive. Yeah, I've seen this, uh, not this specific deck firsthand, but
1: I've seen Alibu because uh, the Goad actually has an Alibu deck as oh, well. Oh, he did? Okay, cool. Uh, absolutely wrecked. Yeah. You're a thousand percent right. It was me and Sir Nathan in the pod, and I mean, we just couldn't do anything. It's basically like Alibu hits the field. If you don't have removal, like you're just screwed. Yeah, Um, Um, And and
0: I think a a big thing, too, that I like about it, the design, is that it is any target. So, for example, I was playing with some people that were playing some fairly underpowered decks, and instead of just, like, pub stomping them, which I absolutely could have, I kind of, like, picked off some of their threats right as opposed to just having to oh oh, so you you were the stacks player
1: then okay
0: oh yeah one at a time yeah i really made it hard for them uh this also came with a lot of really fun cards new ones that i'm predominantly gonna be talking about today so yeah i think out of the box it plays good and it's just a really fun you know pretty quick kind of mid-rangey creature deck
1: yeah no it's uh definitely cool um i don't see it's just weird for me i'm not a big artifact guy artifacts just really and 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 i think it probably all stems from my ptsd with having a reaper king deck and (laughs) everyone either doing creature or artifact removal on my commander sure um and so i was just like screw it i hate them uh but i could see this being a very fun deck uh i'm curious though tuck your mana your cards you're about
0: perfect i it was Was that on purpose no it wasn't um (laughs) it completely was by accident to be honest with you Um, It was a happy accident. I actually, this is the first time I've actually had the time to look at these stats in here. Um, I will say this is another one of the decks that I just happen to have every single dual land minus. Oh, actually, I do have the actual dual land. Maybe I'll put that that in there for fun. Uh, I do have one plateau, but I I just happen to have every single card that has both colors. So that's kind of a happy accident, even though I have five mountains and five plains, which like completely unheard of.
1: Uh, CMC wise, we're looking at a three, five, nine. That sounds about right. Yeah. During your commanders five. Now I'm sure there is a build of Alibu where you can have that super low, like two type curve, do a lot of the zero mm. drop artifact yeah. type shenanigans. Exactly. Um, and then obviously debt you are hovering around that 400
0: to $450 mark, which is also, I think I've spent, I think the most expensive, well, that's not necessarily true. The most expensive card in here. I did buy because I just wanted a copy of it, but I think I only spent maybe $5 in actual cards that I needed for this. The rest of them, I had all of them lying around. Nice. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get
1: into this build, Big Tuck. What's the first grain card you think is
0: key to an Alibu deck? So there's two cards that came printed in this deck. I'm guessing you're gonna be talking about one of them that, in my opinion, are pretty much gonna be Boros and White Staples. Uh, this one in particular, I had to reread it like three times because I forgot it was an artifact, but I forgot that most maps are in fact artifacts. Really? Okay, so two colors and a white for archeo's Archaea Mancer's map. Uh, this card is insanely good. Uh, it reads weird, and trust me, it's well worth the price. So... Two colors and white for an artifact, uh, costing right now about $16. That's gonna go up. This is wow. probably gonna be a $20 or $30 card. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, search a library for up to two basic planes cards, reveal them and put them in your hand, then shuffle. Whenever a land enters a battlefield under an opponent's control, if that player controls more lands than you, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. It's bonkers. The two the two planes thing is kind of okay-ish. But yeah. if you draw and scry out the way that you would with Alibu, there's times where I have intentionally missed a land drop, knowing that I will be able to go get those two planes and be able to play both of them and have another land in turn and then be ahead of a lot of the other people at the board. This is a card that you're gonna be seeing in like almost every mono white deck, mono white staple in my opinion. We're gonna be seeing this in a lot of Boros decks. It kind of falls off the map when you go past that because um, it's just the basic planes. But I have played against this card. I have played this card, and every single time, it's a huge swing. See, I'm actually just not
1: super hot on it. I, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do for mono white. I, I really do. But have you have you uh, seen
0: this card in action? No. Okay. <laughs> just wait. Just wait till you see it. I'm telling you. Uh.
1: So yeah. You know. Just with the uh, it, it's nice that you can put any land um into play if in a uh, or. Yeah, that you could put any land into play when an opponent does it if they have the more lands. Uh, but I don't know. It's it's just this is assuming that mono white's going to be drawing a lot of cards to be able to have the lands. Sure. Like in green, it's super super easy to to have your burgeoning and stuff pop mm. off because you have so many ways to get lands to hand. Um, I, I look. Am I going to cut it? No. I think it's a fine card for the deck. At least it's an artifact. If this was an enchantment. It would actually probably be more expensive because it'd be harder to get rid of. Yeah. Uh, very but true. then I then I don't think it would be a good fit for this deck. But for me, this isn't a mono-white staple. Oh uh, I, I would rather have I would rather have smothering type over this.
0: I you're I okay, I agree with that. But I'm telling you, if you see this in if you see this in play, it is backbreaking. This is like won me the game when I played this last time.
1: All right. Well, the first one I'm gonna talk about. Is a uh, awesome card because it has a cool die trigger. You could technically cycle it for a mountain at some point, oh. and it kind of has Wheel of Fortune stapled on the body. Yeah, this this card is insane. <laughs> so we're talking about Ruin Grinder. So five colorless red artifact creature construct. It's a rare. It has menace. It's a seven four. And its least important ability is mountain cycling. So for two colorless, Big Tuck can discard this card whenever he would like, get a mountain card, and it could be a duel as well. Yes. Um, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. The more backbreaking part of this is that when it dies, each player may discard their hand and draw seven. And so I yep. like it because it allows you to wheel. It doesn't... Force your opponents to wheel. So it doesn't mm-hmm. have as much as a feel bad on it. If this had something that said dies, every player discards their hand and draws seven. I think people would look at it a lot like Wheel of Fortune, like, gosh, we can't let it die. You have to exile it. You have to do this. Right. But the fact that it's a May ability, it's like, okay. Like, I you know, I I maybe don't want you drawing seven, but you did just pay six to play this. So, you know, you did do a massive investment. Now I can also say Ruin Grinder in this with this commander isn't nearly as powerful as the osager one because when it dies it yeah, goes right, to the graveyard, yeah. Osikur can break it out with two more copies, and then you're you're technically wheeling uh for a total of 12 18 or 21 cards, which is pretty nuts. But I think at a low end, because this is the floor, it's it's
0: pretty pretty great for the deck. Yeah, and there's a fair amount I don't run as much. I think we'll talk about like ways to change this at a later point. But there is a fair amount of, like, adding counters, buffing it up. And, like, a 7-4 with Menace is, a lot of times, going to be dealing a fair amount of damage. Um, It's really solid. Uh, Like you said, they printed another one, which we might be talking about later, that both have that basic land-type cycling. And also are, like, big game finishers. So, I like the modality there. Um, I have, unfortunately, never had this die for that exact reason. The time I played it, they were like, no, we can't, like, he's running out of cards. He's got to run out. He's got to run out of cards eventually. We just got to let this ride out. And if we kill this, then he's going to go refill and have all the man in the world. So, yeah, Rune Grinder's pretty solid. It's a 38-cent card. If you don't have one, pick it up. I think it's going to play, and I'll see you playing a lot of decks. All right, Tuck, what's your second card? All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and get this ready because we both have this one. I think, I'm pretty sure... Uh, this is also a new card that is an enchantment, and you didn't take the bait? Damn it! (laughs) I thought we both had it because of, uh, because of the name picker, but anyways, uh, monologue tax, turns out is also probably a pretty good card. Two colorless and a white for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, you create a treasure token, and it's about $8. We do have a brand new voice, which I think I actually know how to do this one uh this is your old pal yold oh, professor oh, oh,
1: oh. let's hold on uh we have to say thank you to too oh, much do he is the one that picked
0: the uh new voices for today's episode and this is this is a pretty solid one i got i gotta give credit where credit's due there so <clears throat> your unsolicited words <laughs> enrich us all please continue Uh, Again, that's the old uh, professor of cryptology. And if you didn't quite figure that one out, that is Adam Sandler's classic character, Opera Man. Uh, I believe this was one of your picks of your most excited cards out of this set. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Now, uh, I have never seen this cast once, uh, but (laughs) I know it's good because it says it has a treasure token and it's in white and it's an enchantment. So um, (laughs) the one thing that, the one thing that, this deck needs a lot of is like artifacts, right? You just need a bunch of them. Treasures, there's an argument to be made that they're kind of a quote-unquote nombo with this deck because they don't tap for mana. They get sacrificed. So there's the argument where it's like, oh, if you had something else that was creating things that would end up being tapped, that might be better. I, like I said, I maybe have seen this cast once, if I can say that. I have never cast it. I've never seen it in hand. Never seen it in my graveyard. But... For the cost and the kind of restriction, I think this is going to come out as a much less bigger threat than Smothering Tithe and still get you that incidental value turn after turn.
1: Yeah, well, and I think the big key on its text is cast their second spell each turn. So, you know, oh, opponents true. can't get around it by... Because traditionally, the stuff would say when an opponent casts their second spell during their turn mm-hmm. or during your turn, something like that. Then it's like, okay, well, I just can't do it then... But that I could do it any other time and they don't get the value. This, it's like, I mean, you can hold off, but I'm going to get that treasure no matter what. Right. And the fact that it stops at one. It's not, you create a treasure token for each spell after. After a yeah. second. Um, it, it makes it a very uh, inconspicuous card. Right. Nobody is blowing this up. Unless it's some storm player or control player that's trying to do stuff on everyone's turns. Right, nobody's going to target this. I like Monolog Tax as a Mono White staple over Archaeomancer's Map because I think you'll get more at a Monolog Tax because it will produce the mana versus yeah. Archaeos Archaeomancer's
0: Map you need it in hand. It's dependent, yeah. Yes. That's a and point. it's half
1: the price of the map.
0: So Yes. <laughs> this I think this card will end up being probably pretty expensive too, and to your point, yep. the last thing I'll say on this is that it you talked about like the opponents having to choose It is that kind of card that we like that puts the emphasis on the opponent, right? It's a modal card for them. Like, is it worth me to cast the second Brainstorm and then they get a treasure out of it? Or is it better just me hold off and maybe do it at a different time?
1: Yep. Exactly right. All right. My next one. Uh, I love this card. I love it in this deck. Sometimes you need a forge. (laughs) Can you on your path?
0: Yeah, you do, baby!
1: So we're talking about Mystic Forge. <laughs> uh, this is four colorless rare. Oh wait, are we sharing
0: this? Yes, that's why I was. Oh, like, why did why like, did
1: you pull your thingy up? I, that's why I was like, yeah. yes, you do,
0: baby. What else does that mean? I don't. I'm I
1: don't excited. know. All right, here uh, we go. Artifact Ready? Three, rare.
0: Three, two, one. Oh, three, <laughs> Mystic Forge. Mystic Woo! Forge.
1: Oh, this is just this is just it's, a GD disaster.
0: It's been a while since uh, we've landed on the same card. I was looking through the show notes. Um, it's been it's been a minute, but Forge... Uh, So, okay, so it's a rare artifact, like Mr. Combo said. You may look at the top card of your library anytime. You may cast the top card of your library if it's an artifact card or a colorless non-land card, and then tap, pay one life, XL, a top card of your library. Yeah, this thing
1: is absurd. Uh, When you kind of look at Tuck's build, I think you're around the 20-ish artifacts, 25 artifacts, somewhere in there. Something, plus Um, there's
0: a fair amount of artifact creatures, so it, it gets a little higher than that. I think it's like 25 or 30 if you add it all up. No, because you only show 17
1: artifacts when you take away our custom categories. And then if you add in your creature ones, you're probably in that 25-ish range, I would uh, guess.
0: I don't know. There's a lot of artifacts. Right, 25 to 30.
1: 25 to 30. Somewhere yes. in there. Regardless, we're getting off topic. Uh, I like it because you have a massive chunk of your deck that should be able to hit on this. Yeah. And you can tap it to exile the top card of your library, kind of you know get rid of something that you maybe don't need. But then that also counts for Alabu, which counts towards your uh, artifact association membership fees. And <laughs> yeah, this thing's, this thing's great. I, yeah. I, it's hard-pressed for me not to run this in a deck where I don't have at least 20 artifacts. No. I just don't know why you wouldn't. Like one out of five times? Yeah, I'll do that.
0: Well, and then it gets even better because if you're this this becomes like the best quote unquote draw card in the deck right which i don't have a ton of to be completely honest mm-hmm. um when you pair it with Alabu's scry ability because you can see all those cards right and sometimes the, sc- oh. the scry is 10 15 somewhere in that range so you can just go ahead and stack it up to where like okay i'm going to bin all these non-colorless cards um, yeah. or non-artifact cards and then i'm going to put all these other ones on top and then my then i can really go off after Alabu attacks right so in that sense, it really makes your deck thin. It really helps you thin your deck out, and really helps you find the um, responses, the the things that you need to win the game after like one or two Alabu attacks. Well, remember, Alibu doesn't have to attack. True. Yes. I, I, yeah. I let me rephrase that. Alibu, when uh, an Alabu an attack when Alabu is on the board.
1: There we go. There. We there go. you go. Yeah. Great. Great card. I think I even shoved that in my colorless Eldrazi deck because oh, I run oh, oh, literally yeah. every. It's literally every game. card in
0: the deck except for the lands
1: <laughs> Alright well I'm the only one left I've talked about this card before But I wanted to talk about it again Because I think once again I'm just shitting All over Mancer's map Better version for this deck Walking Atlas Phenomenal Yeah. I'm, okay. Two I'm colorless surprised. Creature Construct it's a 1-1 one, one, but you could tap it You may put a land card uh, From your hand onto the battlefield And I do believe I have to do some text
0: Ooh yes you do Let's go to the wheel. Come on, choir boy. Oh, there's so it takes so long to roll now. Uh, oh yeah, yes. The one I guess can't the elephant. do. Yeah, Casim the elephant. Oh my gosh, I don't know how you can't do this. Is I'm not good at accents, and this one's even harder for me. <laughs> <laughs> Crafted by lol mages, it
1: bound to the land it alters itself to match the multuous train all right so sure. yeah walking atlas i it's doing exactly what arcane mancer's map does in theory you just tap it and you can put a land from your hand on the battlefield it's pseudo ramp kind right. of but i like it because it is going to kind of ramp you but then that's just an extra thing for alabu so it's a yep. it's not in the deck where it only does this one thing and nothing else it actually kind of hits a couple spots. Don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Surprise! So it's like
0: dollar fifty-two bucks. I don't know if it. I don't think it's been reprinted. It's never been reprinted, and I think people are starting to realize that this is probably pretty good. Okay, because I was about to say,
1: just because it hasn't been reprinted doesn't mean it's expensive. There's a lot of trash out there that has been reprinted.
0: Yeah. I guarantee it's not two dollars. Very true, uh, and I think like this this deck is these, this hole deck is probably the most popular of the ones that got printed, right? Most people I know that bought them, any of them, they bought at least this one. And then like the Silver Quill or the Prismari one, I think are the big winners there. Um, and yeah, it's really good. Now here's, ah, I can't ask that now. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll put that, we'll put a pin on that question because right. the, the only thing I don't like about this is that, like I said, I don't have a ton of draw. So I, I, I am always worried that you don't have the land to put out, but if you do, this does everything that you're looking for. But think about it, Tuck. even if you don't have the land to put out and you just need that extra
1: scry and damage, you can still tap it yeah, you're just, just tap as it. you yeah. may put a land. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, well, that's going to wrap up the green section. Now we're going to head over to the hot profile and I'll kick this off with a little Sanctum Centurium. Cause I really, really, really like this card to protect. Your right. commander. I actually hate this card. Normally, but I think in this deck, it's actually perfect. Sanctum of Eternity.
0: Ah, uh, oh, yes. Wait, hold on. Sorry. I got I got really confused there. Yeah, we're doing it again. <laughs> you said Sanctorum. And I was like, wait, is there a card? in yeah, here Yeah, like, Sanctorum.
1: Sanctorium. I was trying to Dr. Strange. Come on. Is that something from that movie? Yes, that's like his sanctum. That's what they call it. The Sanctum Centurum. Oh, wow.
0: I had no idea. <laughs> wow. Alright. Well I'll do the uh, accent. Okay, for that, for that, my penance will be doing the accent. How about that? There
1: we go. All right.
0: It's a land, it's rare. You can tap
1: to add a colorless. Uh you can pay two colorless, tap it, return target commander you own from the battlefield to your hand. Activate this ability only during your turn. And then uh this
0: is read from our old pal Tavalis. Come and rest here beyond the constraints of space and time. Whoa. Can you oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, once little, you did the woe, I got it.
1: It was a little loftier than that, but yes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I am am i don't like this card 80% of the time, maybe mm-hmm. even 90% of the time. And the reason is because you can only do it during your turn. So it's not very good protection. Yes. But the reason I like it specifically for your deck is your commander literally does jack on everyone else's turns. Mm-hmm. So there's really no threat to get rid of it right then and there during their turns, unless they only have a sorcery speed removal. That'd be the only reason they yeah. have to do it. So it's going to be more main phase. You do all your shenanigans. It's like, okay, I'm moving to combat. And then someone's like, okay, well, before you move to combat, I'm going to go ahead and source to plowshare Alibu. And it's like, okay, well, you just interrupted me moving to combat. I'm going to pay two. I'm going to bounce Alibu back to hand. I'm still in my first main phase. I'm going to then replay it. And exactly. I'm still going to do the same thing I was going to do anyways.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think this card, I, I notice it's not played that much. It's an all-star in like my, uh, what was it, my ninja deck, because you always want your commander out and being able to attack, right? Because Yuriko doesn't really do a whole lot on her own. Um, and for $1.73, I think the only real, the real holdback on it is the fact that it is a colorless land, right? And I know you are of the mind where you don't put those in unless you kind of have to, or unless they like, they really drive the deck forward here it's not there's not really that much of a downside to it because so much of my stuff so much is colorless or has colorless in its cost um it just kind of turns into this like raw utility land and uh to your point a lot of times i am waiting to do i'm waiting to play my turn until after alibu attacks because i want to see what i'm scrying and see if i can draw from the top that sort of thing and being able to do that get them out it's really important. So, yeah, this card is really great. Um, I If you have a commander that you think is important and has these sort of combat abilities, you might want to throw this in here. Um, worth picking up a copy at least. So, and, and I will add
1: this to the colorless utility lands. I think two colors is actually the sweet spot where you can mm. run them even if it is a stretch, just because you only have two colors. One color, it's like if you put them in, you're basically taking away from, because in my mind, every monocolor deck has extra planar lens. So you're taking away extra planar lens type mana. If you're in three, four and five color, you're just taking away from colors and it's going to be harder to cast that multicolored stuff. So I feel like two colors is that sweet spot where if you want to experiment with stuff like this, that's the area that you could do it because you may end up seeing in the three, four and five color or your one color, like, damn, I actually wish I just would have had a regular colored land. Yeah. And I don't think you're ever gonna have that happen in this deck.
0: No, definitely not. Especially with Arcado's man Arcado Mancer's map refilling your hand. So <laughs> it, it refills your hand one time. Twice. One time you get two. You get two. Uh okay, yeah. so let me ask you let me ask you this on Sanctum. So if this had the ability to add if there's some way that this could add, if it was like one tap, if it had this staple on of like tap for colorless, one like tap... a filter land. Yeah, would you run this in a deck like your Geared deck that does rely on those combat triggers for the similar for the same, similar scope? I probably wouldn't because I
1: actually don't like filter lands or filter artifacts. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because then it's like you still need that initial mana investment to try to get to that. So I would I would rather it be a tap, take a damage, add a white. Oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a si- if you wanted to get a single color, you know, take a damage, then I think that'd be fine to go ahead and run. It'd be a lot more flexible. Um,
0: but yeah, a filter, I, I would never play Not Not for you. Okay, fair enough. All right, Tuck, what's your second hop? So this is the one I alluded to that's also a brand new cycling card that also has a very good late game application. So Angel of the Ruins, a lot to work with here. You are getting canceled. It's getting cut? Yeah. All right. Alright, fair enough. So five colorless white white for an artifact creature angel. It's a 5-7 flyer. When it enters the battlefield, exile up to two artifacts and or enchantments, and it plane cycles for two. So the reason why I like this again, it's a sort of similar thing as Ruin Grinder, um, where this can be a late game removal. Also a 5-7 flyer, when you can pump it up with your other artifact buffs. Can get in the red zone, can deal that damage, as well as removing two, two troublesome items. For me, the reason, if it was if that was it, if it just ended, then I'd be like, okay, fine. But the fact that it also has a plain cycling, lets you go get that land that you need to play out on your next turn with Archao Mance, Mancer's map at instant speed to your hand. Let's go. Gets your dual land, gets everything you need there. Uh, this is another card that I have not cast. So it may just be a Junker, but for me, the investment into having it in here to exile, not destroy exile ability, seems pretty solid. You're paying three, you're yeah. paying three more than a Return to dust. For five seven flyer that also has plane cycling,
1: or you could just play Aurelia and win the game and spend less mana.
0: I do have a spare Aurelia, so maybe I'll put that in here. too.
1: <laughs> but she's not an artifact. So, so and neither is oh, I guess technically this is whatever. So yeah, un, unlike Tuck, unlike Tuck, I don't just say I'm going to cut a card and then don't say anything. I will comment on the card. So okay. seven mana for me is just a massive investment. Um, I, I think this is. To me, this is your card at the 97 to 105. Like, you're trying to get the deck to 100, and mm-hmm. it's like it could kind of squeeze in there. This isn't a card that in your first 15, 20 that you're building the deck. It's like, oh, Angel of Ruins. Gotta have that. It's just a seven mana is a massive sure, investment. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I a- will say, basically, you getting Return to Dust and a 5, 7 body for one more mana, No. Three more mana. Three more mana. Uh that's that's not bad. Because if you said three mana get a flyer, that's a five seven, people would play that. Yeah, so sure. Yeah. I, I could see it, the values there, but I'll I'll give a little bit more insight into why I'm cutting it okay. a little bit later.
0: All right. I, all right. I will I will say I had struggles. It kind of was a struggle for me to cut cards out of this. So I'm I'm open. Mm-hmm. I'm all ears. I'm all ears. All right. Well, the next one I'm gonna talk about is probably
1: one of the best removal spells I think in colorless. It has a good old X-Boy, and it's an Artifact Creature Dragon, or Dargon, oh. as stuck with Oh, so say. good, yeah. Uh, we're talking about Steel Hellkite. You know, great card, six colorless, Artifact Creature Dragon, it's a rare, the 5-5, it has flying. You could pay two colorless at instant speed, Steel Hellkite gets plus 1, plus 0 until end of turn, basically fire breathing, and you could pay X colorless, destroy each non-land permanent with CMC X whose controller was dealt combat damage by Steel Hellkite this turn. Activate only once each turn. Uh, It's so good. It's basically having evasion. Now, the one thing that they did do with Steel Hellkite, which was pretty smart, is that they did say that it had to be the person that was dealt Combat damage by Steel Hellkite. Yes. It's not one of those to where it's like, I can hit, like a sword, I can hit you, but I'm going to lightning bolt the thing over there because mm-hmm. I couldn't get through. So that at least makes it fair. But in theory, you could hit someone, and God, they have a lot of tokens. I'll just pay zero. zero. Destroy yes. it all. Uh, that, and then, I, you know... Oh, sorry. And then, and the... Uh, enchantment realm your planeswalker realm it's hitting all of that because of that non permanent clause so to me this is probably your most modal removal card you have in the deck and the fact that it's an artifact creature that's going to get turned sideways for alibu triggers makes it even better
0: yeah still hell just an amazing like it's on it's effectively on curve right so shiv and dragon is the same stats with one red for fire breathing and it's five so one more for that and i think that to how you've talked about it being like fairly designed If it was destroy each non-land permanent with X or less, or X or whatever, it'd be unreal, right? It'd be unreal at the cost. So this That would be a $10 or $15 card. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, We, if anything, with the new uh, redacted Tuck Angry set coming out, if we've noticed that anything, if anything, all sorts of tokens are going to become bigger. Treasure food, all that sort of stuff. So this to me, nine times out of 10 is going to be a zero for free, right? Like you're already hitting them for five in the air and you're going to get incidental value of just whoever has, hey, sorry, whoever has the most tokens, like they're audio. So figure out a way to use them. Um, And also suck it, uh, redacted squee deck because I'm coming for you with Steel Hellkite every time. All right, Tuck. Well, what is your last hop card? So I opened up like so many of these, including foil, from Commanders Legends. And I, I knew that there was a deck for it. I knew it existed. I just couldn't figure it out until I until I started building this. And uh, I can say that this was the most fun card I've played in a very long time, the first time I ran out Alibu. Uh, and it's a bit of a P tier Griffin card, but Blade Griff prototype is incredible. So five colorless for an artifact creature, three, two flyer, uh, Griffin at that. Whenever Blade Griff prototype deals combat damage to a player, destroy target non-land permanent of that player's choice that an, one of your opponents controls. Good and there God. Is, it's it's so good. <laughs> and there's chaos Playbotex. is what it is. it is. Um hold on, I gotta get rid of this. <sighs> Liliana. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> the new model has improved. Improved aerodynamics, but introduced a few glitches in the targeting system. So yeah, uh, I don't like that
1: one. Isn't that the Angelina Jolie? Yeah, it's, it's
0: from Beowulf. It's yeah. it's on the list. At some point, we're gonna need to start paring these down. <laughs> but uh so I played this card against a new guy, uh, the Coconut King and Scooty Shuffles. And literally, this was the conversation. It's like Hey Coconut King, Scooty Shuffle's got that thing over there that's kind of scary, right? Like, just, I'm just asking for three damage. That's it. The low price of three damage. You're to the you in king the air. of the no, just just a couple. Just, couple it's just life a taste. points. It's just a taste. It's just a taste. You have 40 life right now, right? Like, what's three to that to to get rid of his most troublesome permanent that you have? And then like two turns later, it's like, oh man, Scooty Coconut King's really going off for three damage. We can just completely stall him in his tracks. And it worked every single time. And I will tell you this, that over the course of the game, this prevented them, one of those one of the two people that I played against, from winning, I would say four times. Like, it stuck out, it got big, and just kept getting in over and over and over again. I was skeptical on this. I This was like one of the first foils I opened from Commander Legends. I was like, great. When am I ever going to use this? And it's like the perfect deck for it. It's definitely a little sweaty in the fact that it's a quote-unquote removal but again tapped artifact getting in for damage feels
1: feels real good so you kind of gave me an idea i wonder if i could do it i may want to put this in my brutaclad deck and make a ton of them no there's there's and, no qu- and then just make no utter question. chaos there's make no utter question. chaos.
0: Yeah, it's like, absolutely.
1: Uh, hey, uh, the goad. I'm hitting you with five of them, so you get five triggers. Uh, Squeebie-gee, you're gonna get seven, so you get seven triggers. Answer, Nathan, you're gonna get four. Have at it, boys. Destroy right, yeah. each other.
0: Have a great time. <laughs> yes, I'm telling you, it's so much fun. Um, I I think I got it down. I think I got a down turn three, maybe, and that really helped like run the course of the game. So I'm keen on it. It's one of my favorite cards in the deck. And that's all I really gotta say about it, I guess. All right. Well, my last one
1: is one of my favorite removal cards to play. Uh, it's duplicate.
0: Oh, one yeah. of my favorites.
1: It's, so it's six same. colorless artifact creature shapeshifter. It has imprint. when it ETBs, you may exile target non-token creature, and it's a two-four. And then it has the text that states as long as the card exile with duplicate is a creature card. Duplicant has the power, toughness, and creature types of that last creature card exiled with duplicate, it's still a shapeshifter. Um, so you may be asking, why are they saying if it's a creature card, uh, it's because technically duplicate could exile a creature that was an enchantment also. Mm. And if it, lo- or like a, a Mirage Mirror or something like that, when it goes into exile, it's no longer a creature. So that's why they have to have that text on there. Got but it. yeah, basically six mana, get rid of the best thing on your board and whatever its power and toughness is, that's what I'm getting. Like we always use the the ceiling example, a blight seal colossus. Mm-hmm, having mm-hmm. this thing now be a twelve twelve is kind of dumb. Or, you know, even even something that has a you know plus one counters are running rampant. I just I've never played duplicate unless I'm just trying to speed
0: play and have it yep. never be at least a six, six or seven seven right. or, you know, it's like, You just need, there's been times where I've cast this. It's like, you know, I just need a blocker, right? Like I just need something out and it's just going to be a two, four that maybe will help me live. Uh, When I first started playing, this was kind of like a chase card because it was like $10. And now it's been reprinted into the ground at 87 cents or whatever it is, or 36 cents. Yeah, so there's no excuse not to run this. It's really good in artifact decks. It's really good in bounce bounce decks. Tons of utility for what you're paying into it. Couldn't agree more. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the hot
1: profile. Now we're going to head over to how did the game actually close out and win with yeast?
0: Tuck, yeah, you, you got some stuff over here. Uh, what do you want to talk about? There's some choice ones. I want to talk about not a silver, not a gold, but perhaps
1: a, a bronze. three, two, one bronze. bronze Guardian. Guardian
0: yeah four colors and white for an artifact creature golem uh it's star five
1: <laughs> i was like what star five uh star it has double strike and it does have ward two and guys remember ward's the new mechanic to where if a speller ability and opponent controls targets the bronze guardian uh it gets countered unless they pay an additional two colorless but here's the key thing mm. other artifacts you control have ward two stupid and yes. then on top of that <laughs> its power is equal to the number of artifacts you control also stupid oh and by the way that double strike going back to that is also stupid so i okay first thing a have you have you been able to play this and b um, if you did was it anything less than like a 10 power or 12
0: power i so i saw this played by someone when i played mr bever's stream when we all did the precons and someone rushed us out turn four and it was like the card that ran, that pretty much dictated the game right? Wow. Um, it was insanely powerful, right? The, the the double strike was big on it, but moreover, it was just the ward, right? It was just such a pain in the ass to be like, there'd be a time where someone would be like, um. alright, this thing that you have over here, I don't like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to remove it. It's like, well, I got to pay another two. It's like, damn it. Every single, every <laughs> single time. <laughs> right? Um, it's really strong. Uh, I think this is one in my opinion that could kind of go into it, the argument could be made. It, it's, it could be more of a hops card, right? in the sense of, like, it really Protection. deters people. But it's just so strong. Like you said, yeah. I think he had it up to a 12-5 or something absurd like that and was mm-hmm. able to make it unblockable. Just just completely bonkers. The one thing I do want to say is, Wizards, you guys
1: kind of failed. You said this is an <laughs> artifact creature golem, but if you zoom in on the art, it just looks like a four-armed Goro from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see the artifact here at all.
0: Yeah, I... And I will say this. I don't... You kind of brought... We've kind of danced around this. I don't love the fact that they made all these artifacts that were colored, right? Um, oh, into colors. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that, like, if this wasn't white, you just run this in every single artifact deck that you can build. So I get yeah. from that perspective, but it also is kind of pain in the ass when you talk about some of the other cards that care about colorless about artifacts. So mm-hmm. um, that's my little nitpick. But overall, there's not a whole lot else to pick nits about this card. Completely agree. Yeah,
1: and I mean, and I think this all started with Bolus's Citadel. to uh, see yeah. if that was colorless, you'd put that literally in every single and, deck. Because yeah, why would yeah. why you?
0: Yeah. No, with, with no question.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, my second one is a extremely powerful card, but this does go to Tuck's point. This talks about colorless creatures, and Bronze Garden would not count.
0: Yeah. It oh does. my gosh! Two for yeah, two, baby. three.
1: Two, one, Forsaken, Forsaken Monument. Forsaken
0: Monument. Five colorless, legendary artifact, mythic. Uh, color. So you have to do the new accent, sir. Oh, because uh, I don't do the other new accent. I to do the other new accent. So, colorless creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Whenever you tap a permanent for colorless, add an additional colorless. Um, and then, whenever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. Take it away. Uh, this would be uh, our old pal. Eilie, aka Atlantis Warset, great pick.
1: <laughs> Let's see. I, I, I got to get in the mindset. I watched the YouTube video yesterday. <laughs> Just, uh, you don't strike me as. Sl- <laughs> is, is that the way the song yeah, no, goes? It's, great. it's a
0: slam dunk. <laughs> I was. There was uh, I had one of how I was going to do it, and I think I kind of lost it now. Uh what was it? It's like. It's like um. We shall forever roam. <laughs> from her, the two songs that anyone knows from the last four set.
1: Jesus. Well, thank you too much, Do uh, You have now made me hit a uh, high falsetto where uh, tens of people will hear it. So yes. uh, Forsaken Monument is absolutely busted. You know, obviously you have ways to make a lot of colorless artifact creatures. So the plus two plus two buff, Broken. Uh, whenever you type a permanent yeah. for colorless, you got a lot of lands that could produce colorless. Boom, additional mana, busted. <laughs> then whenever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. Boom, busted. You talked about you're busted. an arch enemy deck. So it's just like, what does this thing not do? Now, I think there is an argument though, Tuck. You could say this is a grain because the gaining yeah. the life and getting the additional mana and technically the plus two, plus two, you could kind of shove into either three of the deals. Uh, but I yeah. think the fact that it does all three that's why you have it as a yeast.
0: I completely agree cuz again it's like the 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 colorless like life gain in this deck isn't too terribly important right so then it's kind of like that's kind of like a spice ability but the fact it does all of that on an artifact for 5 mana and then even better uh when I first started playing with my friend new friend Chris out here we did a lot of pack wars because he didn't know how to play edh so we just like mm. open some pack shuffle them together he bought them by the way I'll have you know but you shove them together and then kind of battle it out. And he opened this, and I was like, I want it. I've this card <laughs> for so long, I want it. And uh, he, I think I bought him a beer for it or something. And I got this right before I built this deck, and I was like, yes. Going right in. Take it out of the binder. We're ready to go.
1: All right. Well, Tuck, what's your last one? There's no way we went three for three.
0: Uh, this one is the one I actually had to buy, and I had to pay... It's a very cheap card, but I had to pay the iron price for it because I didn't want to order from TCG player. So I think I pay. I got two copies for $2, but we're big on the grid system at my office, right? Data grids and what, whatnot. So gear per aether grid really buys into that. And this is honestly one of the better cards in the deck. This was a pull from Jonathan Suarez and it went ham. So two colors and a red for an enchantment out of magic origins, that's 35 cents. Tap two untapped artifacts you control. Uh, Gearper Aethergrid deals one damage to target creature or player. And we do have some techs, which is uh, Veldka Wandering Sage, a.k.a. Red from Orange and the New Black. Uh, so, let's get you go. rushing on. Yeah. The-, <clears throat> the city of Gearper is the living thing, and living things defend themselves. Vodka. No. Vodka. V- vodka. <laughs> Potato. Oh, I guess it's more... Uh, if Potato. We're, if
1: we're, if we're, if we're I guess it is more a, Irish. I was going to
0: say, if we're painting with a very broad brush, <laughs> as we as we're want to do on this year podcast. So the, the reason why I like this so much is that it does, because this is a fairly creature-heavy deck, a lot of times you kind of have to make choices that aren't optimal to get tapped artifacts. Um, and there's even things that don't tap, right? So this at least gives you something to do to tap artifacts, and that's something that is that's something that I think is really key to this deck succeeding, is finding those ways, finding those cards to be able to tap, untap, tap again for value. Um, one damage to a any target is fine, but if you're able to do that enough, you can also clear the way for your Steel Hellkite if you have to kill a couple drakes by tapping down your things, and it kind of allows you to turn the deck into something where you're only attacking with creatures that you know have evasion or are going to be doing bunches of the damage and leaving the rest of your creatures behind so that Alibu can run off and get those stacks, get those scries, and get that damage. through. Yeah. I mean, the way I actually look at this
1: card is all the artifacts that literally can't tap yeah. like equipments or your uh, forsaken monuments. You can now tap them to basically pile into your scry an Alibu damage. So exactly. The, the one damage to me, that could be blank. If the thing just said tap two yeah. artifacts you control and nothing else happened, I'd be like, okay, that's, that's probably fine. <laughs> All
0: right, yeah, that's pretty it's good. Probably, probably okay if to there, run Okay, so yeah, if there was like, I will say this, if there was a zero or one drop artifact that was just like ability tap two artifacts you control and like regenerate creature or something that's completely irrelevant, I'd probably be running that as well.
1: Exactly, yep. <laughs> All right, well, my last one uh, is... The king of all the Hellkites, the Tyrant. Oh, the Tyrant. Uh, the, the, it's a very powerful card, and I've always wanted to like win uh, off of its alternate win condition. But I actually think in this deck, you don't really care about the alternate win condition that much. So Hellkite, Tyrant, four colorless red-red, creature dragon. It's a mythic. It's a 6-5 for about $6. Flying trample. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, get all of their artifacts that that player controls. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 20 or more, you win the game. I don't think you're ever going to... I think you could get to 20 or more artifacts, but I don't think you're ever going to win the game because someone will get rid of it before then. Mm -hmm. But I think just, you know, you talked about it, Tuck. Food tokens, treasure tokens, they're all over the place. Yeah. Like, let me go grab your stuff that then I can tap to further my Alibu agenda.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I have seen... I have not won with this card in... Any deck that I have owned, I have seen this win in other decks, which is insane and always feels terrible. But yes, yeah, so that's that's pretty much the gist of it. It's, it's just a fuel. It's a giant target for removal. And to your point, comparative to like an Angel of Ruins, this is a card that's going to come down and immediately shift the game either into it getting removed or into you doing huge stuff, right? 6-5 Flying Trample is pretty big in and of itself. With um, yep. the other abilities stacked on, just does a lot, a lot of work.
1: All right, well, that's gonna wrap up the yeast package. Now we're gonna head over to spice. And you're crazy for having this in your spice. This is a yeast. It's another tap two untapped artifacts, untapped target artifact. It does exactly what you need. We're talking about Clock of Omens, yes, OB. Four colorless artifact, uncommon, 67 cents. Literally, tap two untapped artifacts, you control (laughs) untapped target artifact. And I do have flavor
0: text. You do. Um, oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, This is Uncle Ojo's best one. The old white woman, uh, Captain Lannery Storm, the old white woman smoker at the slot machine. Most clocks measuring time, but a few
1: measure everything. Yeah, perfect. Nailed it. Nixon. (laughs) Uh, So... Honey. Yeah. I don't know why this isn't in yeast. You've baffled me. Because it... It literally does exactly what your Aether Grid does. Yeah, you don't get the one damage, but we just talked about, I mean, yeah, the one damage might incidentally get rid of a Drake or two, but it's not winning you
0: the game. So the my, the only reason why it's in Spice is this is that because there, there's a way, because this card is like a for sure combo piece card in a lot of decks, right? They run it so that they can do these crazy shenanigans. And mm-hmm. I don't have those in there um so that's why i put it into spice is because that's what you think oh you're about to we're about to to get wild uh so that's that's the reason why i put it into spice to be honest is just that like it, it kind of facilitates the game but it doesn't do a whole lot on its own um and i had to have more than four or two in here so that's why i had to figure out one's we're, so hey, we and, talked about it. Not every deck has spice. You could have had zero. True. That'd have been all that's right. That's true. Oh, and then the other thing I put in here. There's a, there's a couple in here that I put, and spice to me can also be a little bit of a catch-all in the sense of like it's not really this because clock of omens, depending on the board, could be a grain, a hop, or a yeast, right? And mm-hmm. when I was trying to categorize it, I couldn't really find one to do. Um, And the fact I couldn't go infinite with it, I was like, yeah, I'll just put it into spice and maybe bait out Mr. Combo, uh, which worked like gangbusters.
1: All right, Tuck. Well, what's your spice?
0: I am talking about our old pal. uh, We might have talked about this as well. uh, Cursed Mirror. Two colorless and a red for an artifact. uh, Taps for a red. As it enters the battlefield, you may have it become a copy of any creature on the battlefield until end of turn, except it has haste. And it's about $5. So for me the reason why I put this into spice is that there's other cards that are more efficient that you can get what you can get more mana out of Um, it. it, And there are times where you're not going to have a target, but the reason why I kind of like it still in the deck is a, it's an artifact that can tap on its own. And B, if you get, if you play it later game and you draw it, you're going to be able to have your ramp and then also get another awesome creature off of the battlefield it's definitely something that plays more towards your opponents, but the reason why I also have it in spice as opposed to hops or grain is that there are times where you're going to have to pay this and target nothing and be like, I don't care. Like, I'm literally just going to get something in so I can tap it for a red. I'm paying why three for Why would it ever a be a hops? Because sometimes there might not be anything to copy that's worth it, right? And then you're just playing it for a very bad grain. No, no, no. I was just asking, because you said it could be a grain or a hops. I was asking, how
1: could it be a hops? Just, unless you're just going into the magical Christmas land, there's a creature that has ATB removal effect, I guess. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. So, well, you I hate know, to you're... say it, but Cursed Mirror's uh, AAA membership has been revoked. Uh, <gasps> we'll get to that later. Uh, but on its face, I think it's fine. I think Cursed Mirror actually is pretty busted in blink decks. That's actually where yes, I think it probably yeah. shines the most. Um, so that would be really cool if anyone's done a red blink deck Uh, definitely uh, hit us up because I don't think there is one um,
0: I, I also yeah, it's, I will it's, agree with you and fine. say yeah like I think I and honestly I think this card I know when this got spoiled a lot of people were really excited about it I think this card probably reads a lot better than it actually is yeah. Um, so and unless you fall into one of those like magic Christmas lands like you'd there's a reason you don't run treachery in decks that don't care about it, right? Yep. <laughs> or like this sort of copy mechanic. Uh, but that's why it's in Spice for me. So again, I have zero data with this. Never drawn it. Never seen it played. Never played it myself.
1: And, and I'm on a red deck. It's just a strictly better lift.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over
1: to the bottle cap. Again, as a reminder, these are going to be Big Tuck's and i's cuts and adds to the deck. They're going to be under $5, under $50, and a no-budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana-only lands.
0: So, Big Tuck. Uh, so, I'm in a, there's a card in here that I, every time I've drawn it, I always think it's kind of cute, but I don't think it's really what I want. So, Thopter Engineer, to me, is just kind of milk toast in this deck. So, two colors and a red um, for a creature, Human Artificer, it's not an artifact. When it enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying, and then artifact creatures you control have haste. So for me, it's like the artifact creatures you control have haste only really matters if you have Alibu out, right? Like if you don't have Alibu there, this deck can kind of like take a break. So for me, I'd rather just, it just, and only, it only creates one other Thopter creature token, and it's going to be die to removal. So it, it just doesn't do enough for me in this slot. Like, I think there's yeah, an argument I, for it to be in. I, I just look at it as a backup commander, like, for the haste piece. Because they both it, give artifact creatures you control have haste. But if you wanted to, if I was going to do that, then I'd put in, like, Hammer Perforos over this because at least that's an artifact, right? There's other ways to give yeah, haste to my creatures. Yeah, but this at least
1: generates an artifact. I don't... I, I mean, it, and I get it. It is one time. Uh, maybe that, uh,
0: that one with Lieutenant, I that think. Was, yeah, that, that's been a... If I okay, so exactly to my point, if I was gonna if I cared about that, I would much rather have that card than this, and it also costs a mana less, right? So for me, yeah. Uh so it's funny that you made mention of a card that taps artifacts for effectively no reason. And this was another card that Suarez put in his deck that was like the best card that he played, right? So Lodestone Mirror is a very weird card that I had not heard of until I saw that. So Four colorless for an artifact creature mirror with trample, and then it says tap an untapped artifact you control, it gets plus one plus one till end of turn. <laughs> so all right. So for me, it's like I only have so many ways to tap all these artifacts, and especially if I'm generating treasures, sometimes you don't want to just burn them right away, right? You want to hold on to those. This just gives you an out to to, to do that. And since it has trample, if you're tapping six artifacts or ten artifacts to trigger alibu. Then this ends up being like kind of big, and you can turn it into one of those things where you don't need to go wide with a bunch of smaller creatures that are mm. gonna get eaten up. You can just have one big mamba jamba that's that's hammering in. And then also if you tap one this, big mamba you, jamba.
1: Mamba right. jamba,
0: uh, jamba juice. Ooh, that sounds really good right now. Um, but if you also tie this in with like clock of omens, this actually can get humongous because you can like tap it and something else, then untap it, then tap something else. Um, so it's kind of it's it's definitely like a, a slimier pick. Uh, because if you don't have the artifacts to tap, it doesn't literally do anything. But this just gives you another third option for tapping these artifacts willy-nilly. But I I think, Tuck, that's not the right way to look at it. Like, if you
1: don't have artifacts, it does nothing because of the fact, if you don't have artifacts, your deck isn't doing anything.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. So, yeah.
1: so I, I that's the usually the way that I kind of look at situational cards like this. Like, Oh, well, it's great if you have the right setup. And it's like, what is your deck doing? If you don't have the setup, your deck isn't doing crap. Well, yeah, if
0: if you don't have any Planeswalkers in your deck, then this card probably sucks.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I I hate when people are like, oh, well, you know, situationally. It's like, no, I mean, if your theme is elves and the thing deals with elves, don't tell me it doesn't work when elves (laughs) aren't out there. Because elves aren't out there, your deck doesn't work. But I do like Lord's Own Mirror. And uh, coming in at a, what, cool 25 24 sets. Yeah. I think he might be able to flick a quarter. Oh, it kind of looks like Iron Man a little bit.
0: Like the for, in the one that he gets the in the thing that he builds in uh like yeah, the desert in the cave. Right? Yeah. 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 All right. Under 5, I'm cutting the curse
1: smear. All right. Uh r- really it's it's just if it said it could become a copy of a creature and if it was legendary, the legendary rule doesn't apply, then I would say it's oh, a great card yeah, for yeah, the deck. Because yeah. you can make it a copy of Alibu or any of your other legends, but the fact that you can't, it's getting out of there. But don't worry, I'm putting in one of your favorite cards
0: oh, from wait, the box Ellespel? of
1: From the Box of Tice.
0: Oh, uh, it,
1: used to be a, it used to be a staple oh, of no way. Uh, Are you really? builds. <laughs> grafted exoskeleton, literally just coming under $5,
0: $4.28.
1: So four colorless artifact equipment, uncommon. Okay, yeah. uh, it has equipped two. When it becomes unattached from the permanent that you equip it to, uh, you have to sacrifice that permanent. But it says equip creature gets plus two, plus two, and has infect. So literally with Alibu, you throw down grafted exoskeleton, attached to Alibu. You have ten artifacts. You just swing with one thing, and you just kill people.
0: Yeah. Uh, that tracks. I like it. (laughs) I can't, uh, I have like these lying around too. So I can't even be argue. I can't even argue it. And here's the other cool thing,
1: Tuck is that if you're in those like underpowered games and you ended up getting this out there, but you don't like want to just start one shotting people, you could, you know, Oh, I'm just going to tap three artifacts. and I'm going to put three negative one, negative one counters on your three, four. So now it's just a zero one. And now you can just kind of start dealing counters around. And so you don't have to one shot people if you don't want to. Um, And, you know, the nice thing about the counters is that they stick there. So, yeah, I think Grafted grafted Exoskeleton on any commander or any creature that just throws damage around like Nekuzar, you have to have it in there. And Alibu, I think, is one. And plus, with your tapped, untacked artifact things, you could tap the Grafted Exoskeleton. It doesn't do anything to it. And you now get an additional damage for Alibu.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: All right. Tuck, under 50. What you cutting?
0: So I'm actually gonna cut Dispellers Capsule. Um, I think this card's kind of slow for what it does. Uh it's a it's one white for an artifact, two colorless tap, sack it, destroy target artifact or enchantments. I just think that there's better non there's better removal in these colors. Um sure. I have a fair amount of it and I might be adding are they it in one later. Pardon?
1: But are they artifacts?
0: Uh no. Well, actually, I am swapping it in for an artifact that I think is gonna be better. I don't really have a problem with the removal in this deck because I don't. There's a lot of times where you don't really need it unless it's like a propaganda or something along like those lines. Like you're gonna be swinging in no matter what, so for me, it's it's okay. I don't know. I I never liked this card. Um, I only like it in decks that are that are going to be needing it badly. So what I'm actually putting in is a new card that I hate. Uh, but one thing that you made mention of is. We, I really struggle with draw on this deck a fair amount. There's a lot of times where I kind of run out very fast and then kind of get stuck. So brand new card. I'm so glad I didn't pre-order it. And let's go down. Not to the moon, baby, to the core of the earth. Esper Sentinel. So one white for an artifact creature, human soldier. Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player plays X, where X is Esper Sentinel power. So for me, the thing I need in this deck is not removal. I need draw because I have a lot of way to make mana, a lot of way to untap and un- uh, untap or retap or whatever. And this deck, this being an artifact, it's being an artifact creature that can get in the red zone that I can slap on uh your grafted exoskeleton to in a pinch, although what world would I be in where that's what I wanted? Yeah. Uh, this is kind of going to be a card that we're going to be hearing a lot about, which kind of blows, but what are you going to do? Um I just think that I really need ways to draw and the fact that this is a one drop artifact creature is really going to help me get up to that where
1: i need uh so two things uh one just like on mtg action 4 news earlier uh why is this esper when it's in mono white just makes no uh, sense uh, yeah uh, how are you uh the last of the abzan when you're in golgari doesn't make any sense uh so mtg lord of leaves please help us but and also suck
0: it Vorthos those nerds
1: uh so I do like Esper Sentinel. I think it's fine as a one drop. Basically, you're taxing people one. Yeah. I'd like to see, in decks that want to run it, I'd like to see a little bit more equipment for auras mm. that can buff its power. So then it actually makes it more into, do you want to pay five for that? Do you want to pay three for sure. that? And yeah, you're yeah. just drawing a card. So it's not like you're getting like extra mana or an extra permanent or casting spells for free. Um, you know, card draw is nice, but it's it's whatever. So that's the way I look at it. I, I think it's fine to have it in here if you want it. It is an artifact creature, so you could tap it with all your shenanigans and still be able to get its effect. But I would like to see a few more buff effects in the deck. so That way that yeah. X is something more relevant than one.
0: And I think one thing I didn't say earlier is I think that if I, if I continue to hone this down, I really want to go into the cards like um, Chief of the Foundry, where it's like artifact creatures you control get blah, 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 blah and start cutting out everything that's not an artifact creature and going from there. Well, funny thing you
1: talk about that, because for my under 50, I'm cutting Chief of the Foundry. <laughs>
0: okay. So,
1: three colorless artifact creature construct, uncommon, it's a 2-3. Other artifact creature uh, creatures you control get plus one, plus one. I'm honestly just not seeing the go wide in this deck. Um, and just plus one, plus one. You need to have lots of plus one, plus ones, or just tons of stuff for it to actually add up. And I I just don't think there's enough there. But I got to experience this death firsthand. ho, ho. With this deck, with this card, you need to get Microsynth Lattice in the deck.
0: Another Lattice? I don't want to have to get another Lattice.
1: So six colorless Artifact Mythic for $42. All permanents are artifacts in addition to their other types. All cards that aren't on the battlefield, spells and permanents are colorless. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color. It's really that first block attacks yeah. all permanents are artifacts because that's how the goat killed us. He had a bunch of lands, a bunch of them weren't artifacts, tapped out for 15 or 17, and we got 15, 17 yeah. thrown our way every single time. <laughs> Lattice, you should win that. you should be able to kill someone on the spot the moment you play it.
0: Yeah, um, it's true. Uh there was so my original plan when I built this deck was to also take apart Duretti, because Diretti has all of my expensive artifacts in it, like certain engines of Ridles. This you card, can just swap them
1: back and forth.
0: That's way too much effort. So but the problem is as I built so my entire plan was to be like, I'm gonna take apart Doretti because I've had it for too long and it's kind of lost its luster. Um the the what is it, the the blooms off the rose, as they like to say. And then I was going to combine it with my Boros and make this like monster deck. But when I took apart Bows, the Boros one and the Precon, I was already struggling on what to cut and what to add. So I was like, I don't want to take apart an entire other deck for a grand total of, let's say, five cards. Sure. Uh, so that, yeah, there's, this is really good in here. This is another one that Suarez went off on. Um, I wish it wasn't $45 and I traded one away. So maybe I'll just get a playtest varietal to put in the deck
1: there you go you already own a copy that is completely there you go legal to do all right tuck bring us home what is your Uh, personal recommendation
0: i'm gonna cut a card that i actually like a fair amount um i'm gonna cut dark mutation so a colorless (gasps) white oh i know i know man i know this is one of this is a this is a cmd tower favorite so colorless and a white for an enchantment aura and that's a real thing of it um Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature is an insect artifact creature with base power, toughness 0 and 1, has indestructible, loses all their abilities, card types, and creature types. Um, I... This card's really good. Don't get me wrong. It's one of my favorite removal spells that's ever been printed. I just... I wish it was an artifact or an enchantment artifact or something like that that I could go into my other synergies and then I could tap it. But just for like a, effectively like a one-to-one removal spell, it doesn't really... It just doesn't work for me. And I... I, it took me a long time to kind of really figure out what I wanted to cut from this, and this is just the one that I consistently kept going back to and being like, it's good, it's good, but I would rather have a better removal spell in this slot.
1: I don't... It, I don't actually think there's better removal spells in that slot just because of the zero one one indestructible sure. and loses all abilities and types. We've talked about it. Song of the Dryads, Just Like right. It, it, Imprison of the Moon, all that stuff where you literally change the type of it is commander warping. And that's where, to me, I'm going to be hard-pressed to cut Darksteel Mutation, but I'm curious uh, what you think is better.
0: So I went through here, and I realized I have, like, maybe one board wipe. And it's like Cleansing oh. Nova, which kind of... Screws me, too, because yeah. if it's creatures, then all my artifact creatures die. If it's artifacts enchantments, then I'm doing even worse. I've got two for one on me, right? Um, but it's still, a, it's still a good enough board wipe to keep in there in a pinch. This is a card I've kind of been eyeballing for a while, and I think it's going to be a pretty solid one here. So I'm actually going to put in Scourglass. It's About $7, and it's three colorless double white for an artifact. Tap Sourglass, Scourglass rather, destroy, tap sacrifice it, Destroy all permanents except for artifacts and lands. Activate only during your upkeep. So, oh. so for me, the reason why I'm cutting Darkstreet mutation for this is like, it's a little bit more expensive, but this is a card where if I get around to tapping it, I will probably win the game unless I'm running up against another artifact. Because I'll keep all my creatures, I'll keep all my utility artifacts to tap down, be able to knock someone out with the creatures I have left over, deal the Albu damage to someone else, And then by board wiping, I'm screwing off someone else that might be hiding behind some filiports or some planeswalkers that I don't even have to deal with. So during the upkeep, kind of makes it a little, it makes it a little on the smuggler side, right? You kind of have to telegraph it. Um, And this is also something to your point where it's like, if someone, if, if I cast this at a point of the game where other people don't want, like, if I cast this and people are like, I'm okay with that because I also can't win unless this gets tapped down, fine if not this is gonna get blown up like that (laughs) which is fine which is fine for me to be honest
1: the the telegraphing piece i'm not too worried about because nev's disc gets played left and right and that's a telegraph Yeah, Um, it's telegraph from a mile
0: and a half away i i'm fine with it
1: uh you know worst case scenario they waste removal on this instead of aliboo exactly so
0: exactly all right
1: i'm gonna break your nascar bank you're gonna gonna oh god we're going to cut the uh, um we talked about it, Angel of of the Ruins. Sure. Uh to me, seven mana for a five seven that just has the ETB, it's just way too expensive. This does not win you the game when you play it. No. Uh it's just a body and that's it. Yeah, and that's, fair. that's it's totally I think fair. I think we could do better. All right, so for the card I'm going to add yeah, yeah we we've kind of talked about how you have trouble drawing cards.
0: We're we gonna talk about we're um, we gonna talk about how I break the bank on this one too uh
1: no this is definitely a budget friendly card so I th- actually think trading post has some okay, interesting yeah. utility for this deck so if you're not familiar with trading post that's four colorless it's an artifact it's a rare I'm gonna has four different Unreal. abilities <laughs> first one you pay all of them actually you pay colorless and tap it it's just they they kind of all do different things. So the first ability is to discard a card, you gain four life. You'll never do that.
0: Nope.
1: Uh pay one life, put a zero one goat creature token onto the battlefield. I guess if you need a blocker. I will oh, probably let me, let me
0: I play I play trading posts a lot. I will do that all the time.
1: <laughs> but I think probably the two that are really more important is the sacrifice a creature, return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand, being able to recycle maybe some of your pieces that people have blown up. And then the last one, we talked about your card draw, sack and Artifact yep. draw a card. So I think those last two are ones that you could do quite often. Also, it's just something I observed. You don't have Unwinding Clock in the deck. This seems like a great thing, you yeah. know, put an Unwinding Clock, and then you can kind of do it on everyone's turns. But I think Trading Post will just help you when you kind of get stalled out.
0: Uh, I had a spare. I, I actually thought I had a spare Unwinding Clock, and I'm surprised you didn't go with that um you know i think it's i think the real thing i want to say about trading posts is like i think you did a really good job choosing a card that's not explicitly banned commander um when you recommended this to me but i think the big i think the big takeaway is the the fact that i do run piles of artifact creatures so you can kind of get those loops going of like okay i don't need this one anymore or it has need mm-hmm. tv or something we can kind of get that going draw my cards get stuff back from the graveyard. Outside of a handful of cards, I really don't have a ton of graveyard interaction either. So, this is one where if I need to get the. um, I don't know. If I need to get my Bronze Guardian out, I can sacrifice uh, a Mox Opal if I don't need it anymore. So, yeah, like I think Trading Post is really good. Uh, I think I have a spare copy of this. So, yeah, I don't know about Angel of Ruin. I don't have any data on that, but I think Trading Post does need to be in the deck. And.
1: We need to end this episode. It's Friday and my brain's melted. Uh, so we're at the end. And of course, thank you so much for making it. And we always do promise a little info about that uh, monthly giveaway from Level 1 Game Shop. So We're giving away four Mystical Archive Japanese alternate art cards. Um, and the, each week we're announcing one of them. We Last week we announced the Growth Spiral. Today, drumroll please... We are giving away a Mystical Archive Japanese Alternate Art Chaos Warp. Ooh, hell yeah. Yeah, card sick uh, in general. The artwork looks phenomenal. So hopefully you guys like tricking out your decks and making your opponents, if they play your deck, say, what the hell is this card? Because tuck that actually happened to me uh, last weekend when the Godfather played my mono white deck, and I actually had... Uh, one of my japanese cards in there and he's like uh oh. what <laughs> <laughs> good uh to enter guys it's super simple just share and, uh the content we produce whether it's on youtube uh, a podcast also you get additional entries for being a part of our patron community uh we will announce the winner on mtg action 4 news august the 4th and social media soon after and we will do these giveaways every month it just depends on what level one can provide so we would love a five-star review uh, hit the subscribe button hit the follow button Um, And if you enjoyed it, leave a five-star, leave the comments, do it all. We want the feedback. We need the feedback. If you guys want to find out how to get a hold of us, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at mister Number Commenter5 on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach you?
0: You can reach me at Big Tuck tweeting. And just for people who want to know this uh, for the future, on the 28th of June, it was Elon Musk's birthday. But more importantly, on the 29th of June, it was our hometown hero, American Patriot, Gary Busey's birthday. So always remember always remember to give those shout-outs there. And so are you still saying happy birthday to them on Twitter? I'm trying to. Gary Busey didn't have a Twitter, which is surprising to no one because I think he's like in his late 70s and <laughs> potentially dead. But Gary Busey tweets got a happy birthday wreck on that. There we go. Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. Uh,
1: you can go to our website where we will have the deck list posted, including our picks and the YouTube video. Uh, CMDTower.com slash BNBE98. Basically, you know what, guys, if you just type into the Alta Vista, uh, Combustible Gear Hulk, <laughs> Mystic Forge, dark steel, Mutation Tower.com. Uh, Squeamy Gee, if people want to find out how to get a hold of your Manolith commentary, how would they do that? He can handle all of your audio needs and does have a full studio if you are ever in the KC Metro area. And of course, uh, we want to give a shout out to our edit- uh, video editor, Tcoats, at underscore Tcoats on Twitter. He does all the uh, visuals, uh, video work, artwork, everything for our YouTube channel. Uh, we're always trying to improve, so please DM us, leave comments, let us know how we can make it more engaging. And if you would like to actually support our sponsor with the orders you're already doing, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type out CMD Tower so they know that you came from The Collective. And of course, they do have a TCG store, their own website. They sell board games and dice Uh, with all these Dungeons and Dragons needing a legitimate D20 and not a spin down. I might actually go get one of those nice like marble or onyx ones. I've always wanted to get, like, the cool D&D dice. It's just, in magic, it's like I need 50 D20s or 50 D6s. I don't need just one of each. But if you would like to help us directly, head over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have several different tiers from as simple as a dollar a month getting you Discord access, entered into deck therapy, additional entries for the monthly giveaways, other stuff that I'm sure I'm forgetting, the referral program. I mean, literally all of it. So even if you guys just want to chip in $5, bucks, you are actually going to get a Squee coin. You're going to get CMD Tower stickers. You're going to get even more entries into the giveaway. And you will be part of the RK Post giveaways we're doing every three months. And of course, Redacted Band, thank you, Big Tuck. The AAA Alabu Artifact Association,
0: how do you feel? Um, it's funny, we've talked a lot of these times when we talk, it's like are you looking forward to playing this deck now that we have ways to make it fun for you again? Um, and this is one that I already, like, it, it's funny this is one of the decks I built recently that I actually look forward to playing a lot um, and I've had to like stop myself. So I think yeah, I think like there's with a little bit more tuning um, trying to figure out a little bit more through of what the through line would be on it. I think this is a deck that might go from being like fun and good to like fun and quote unquote competitive, not like CEDH, mm-hmm. but something where it's like, I know if I bring this to a table, if someone's playing your proshes or whatever the world's, I'm still going to be able to keep up with just a little bit more tuning. So um, I like your, I like your picks, especially the one that especially, I like the picks that weren't on the band list most, I think, um, which I guess is all of yours, which is really exciting. But yeah, that's, that was kind of my, that was kind of my takeaway from it
1: could tell. That's me hitting my head with my microphone. Uh, yes, uh, I made a boo-boo. That will be edited out. Uh, <laughs> please, editor, make sure that's done. Um, but I will, I'll tell you this. I'm happy for you. I do not want to see this deck. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see any... I, honestly, Alibu is a legend. It's very similar to how the Go does not want to see my Empress Galena, like, ever. Uh, oh, I don't want to see sure. Alibu ever. Uh, because the deck... I I really do think Alibu's a CEDH commander. Um, it it's could be, weird yeah. saying that in Boros colors, uh, but the deck just goes so fast. Yeah. And it's in those colors that are very interactive. Not counter magic, but a lot of removal, a lot of instant speed exile. And I mean, you could make this thing really, really filthy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, happy for you. Don't ever play it with me. You got it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're signing off. Bye.